Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Boss Podcast. I am, as always, Kirk Bailey, and for those who don't know already, every week I dive into the vast archive of Boss Sessions and share a talk with you that will make you think. This week we talk the evolution of a SaaS marketing team with Andrus Purt. Business of Software podcast, sharing sessions from our conferences and discussions with software people that will make you think. Find out more at businessofsoftware.org. People talk a lot about scaling SaaS or scaling your hiring or culture, but what about marketing? How does your marketing need to develop in line with the rest of the business? Andrus Purd was head of marketing at Pipedrive, a simple tool that helps small teams get their sales organised. He is currently co-founder and CEO of OutFunnel, a sales-centric marketing automation tool. He has previously held marketing roles at Skype, Baltic FMCG, and speaks at various startup events, sometimes saying things other than, I swear I've bought a ticket, please let me in. In this talk, Andrus looks at the four distinct marketing stages your company will go through as it grows. And how, ironically, just as you get comfortable doing one thing, you'll need an entirely different skill set to continue successfully. Happy listening. So for the American millions, uh, I live in Estonia. Estonia is, um, is between Russia and, uh, and Latvia and Sweden and Finland. If you live in a country which is next to a country which is run by Vladimir Putin, you're always prepared. So when I got this opportunity to speak here, I made a three-minute version, a seven-minute version, a 20-minute version and a three-hour version. So this, of course, is the three-hour version that you're seeing tonight. A <laughs> uh, bit of it myself before I, before I begin, begin. I've been in marketing for, uh, for 20, uh, just over 20 years. Uh, the last 11 years in technology and, and startup marketing, including uh, four years stint here in London. Uh, I lived around the corner, literally around the corner from here, on, just up on Kingsland Road. And I was, uh, I was gutted to see that my favorite, or actually my closest kebab shop had been, uh, had been closed down. Uh, it's now called uh, gourmet kebabs, hand, handmade gourmet kebabs. I've never seen these words in the same sentence before. And for the last 24 hours, I've been thinking whether it's good marketing or bad marketing. But yeah, some, some good marketing and bad marketing coming up for you here in this talk. Pipeprime, uh, which I'm marketing, is a, is a sales CRM. Uh, which, is, uh, which makes it very easy to get organized in sales and close more sales opportunities. Uh, some important numbers about Pipeshive. We've been around for, um, for almost seven years, uh, founded in 2010. Uh, we have more than 50,000 paying customers. We have raised uh, 30, uh, just over $30 million. Uh, there's about 280 of us in the team. And this last number, as many of you have guessed, is uh, the registration number of Fivetrev uh, UK, which we just founded last uh, uh, last month, uh, with a view to set up uh, like a marketing revenue creative uh, uh, office here. And um, I've had the same job title at Fivetrev, head of marketing, for the last six or some six or so years. Uh, but I've really, I've had four very different roles in four very different contexts uh, with four very different uh, sets of challenges. And before I tell you about this journey, I just wanted to apologize sincerely for using a war metaphor. I don't really think that customers are enemy. In fact, I, I think the opposite is true, but I haven't been able to find a better metaphor for this, so please bear with me. Uh, and if I can think of a better metaphor, maybe Mark will invite me back 
in a year or two with a better metaphor. Same talk, but better metaphor. So the first stage of pipe search marketing wasn't like marketing at all. Uh, it was the founders of the company asking, begging, and threatening their friends and business contacts to, to add their data into this beta, beta of a product and, and give it a go. We had uh, 400 people kind of agreeing to that, 100 people uh, actually signing up, about 40 people then putting their data into the system. And uh, as we exited the private pizza, we had 18 paying customers. We were in business. Uh, the challenge was at this pace, it would have taken us probably 90 years to earn enough to start paying salaries. So we needed to, to do something to get, get more customers. Uh, we did things like an AppSum promotion. Uh, we got our first kind of, uh, we got our PR cherry uh, taken. Um, and then uh, each of these things uh, got us a, a handful of customers at the same time, which was great if you're a, if you're a young startup. Uh, but all of these things were one-offs. I really need to find scalable ways of, of getting customers. Uh, in the lingo of this talk, we needed machine guns. And as we were starting to look for scalable channels, uh, for a long time I thought of pipe drives marketing or just marketing as a, as a Greek temple. And when I say that, I don't mean that uh, marketing was in ruins or that marketing was managed with the efficiency of and diligence of the Greek finance minister. <laughs> what I meant was that like a Greek temple, micro marketing has a solid foundation. It has pillars and these pillars hold something valuable up. Uh, in the case of Pipeshire, the, the base, the foundation was a good understanding of the customer, of the value proposition uh, and, and the brand uh, and the pillars. And we tried many more pillars to come up with these four, where, uh, where um, uh, SEO and content, it was paid. It was um, uh, what we now call growth engineering, but just kind of basically a team of engineers uh, who was tasked with building integrations, mini apps, and kind of connections to the software, and attract the referral program, uh, telephone program. And of course, these things held up uh, uh, our custom base. We did quite a bit of customer lifecycle marketing and kind of engagement uh, marketing. Getting to these four pillars, like I mentioned, was a lot of trial and error, mostly error. And, um, and in hindsight, if I could turn back time, I would, I would frame our first couple of years of marketing differently. I would, uh, I would prioritize our experiments differently to be more effective. Um, who here has read the book by Jim Collins called Good to Great? So you know what the hedgehog strategy is doing one thing really well. Uh, as an early stage startup in B2B, it's not enough to do one thing really well. You have to do two things really well. So I've invented two hedgehog strategy, or two hedgehog growth model. And the two hedgehog are, uh, whenever I talk to customers, customers of Pipedrive or customers of other, other apps, um, I ask, where do you hear about us or, or that brand? And two answers come back as dominant. One is, uh, I just heard, it, heard about it from a friend or a colleague, and the other answer is that uh, I, just, I just Googled, I just uh, searched online. So I think the key to, to testing and prioritizing channels uh, for an early stage company is to focus on recommendations and focus on findability or visibility, whatever you call it. I like it, the word findability, which I think is more precise. Uh, and with recommendations, it just have to, you need to have a great product with a, with a high NPS. There's, 
there's very little a marketer can do about it other than build a referral program and then add some incentives and triggers to try to encourage more, uh, more referrals. Uh, just to double check, uh, some, some year into having a referral program, I emailed uh, our customers who had used the program and asked, why did, you, why did you do it? Why did you recommend Pipetrade to a friend or a colleague? And overwhelmingly, they do it because they just want to help somebody, or they do it because they, because they uh, really like the service. We offered three months as a reward for the referral program. These almost were not on the radar at all. And uh, over the years, I've tried different incentives in kind of optimizing the referral program. The trick is to not overdo it, to, to keep it uh, uh, a recommendation, a referral, not a transaction. If you give too much, uh, we found that the effectiveness of the program actually goes down, not up. And another kind of quick tip is that it really makes sense to be early on. This is invites sent and successful invites sent of the Pipefront referral program. Really, there's no better time uh, to ask for referrals than in the first one or two days when people are still fresh uh, and they haven't found any, any, uh, <laughs> any flaws with the system yet. I think same is true for like marriage and many other, many other types of uh, commitments as a married man. Uh, and then the, the, the second part of the two hedgehog growth strategies uh, is then findability, uh, which not really, it's not really a channel, it's not really, a, uh, it's, it's a web of channels. Uh, on the front end, it seems like a bunch of tactics. It seems like it has like uh, SEM, search engine marketing, there is SEO, there is content creation, there is review management, there is PR, there is uh, uh, maybe community. I mean, just, but on the, on the back end, the process is, is very, fairly uh, straightforward. So it's understanding where do your users or customers make the searches. Usually it's Google, but it can be YouTube or it can be an app store, uh, something else. Your friendly neighborhood search engine. Uh, then it's understanding what uh, these people are searching for, uh, doing keyword research, understanding what the search, search queries are, what, uh, they each, what the popularity of each search query is, and uh, competitiveness and relevance. Uh, and then, uh, then it's analyzing what comes up for these search queries in these uh, places where people search. So looking at uh, the 10 first uh, uh, search results of Google, for instance. Uh, and then being omnipresent. So no matter what customers are searching for, and no matter where they click, you would want people to find you. Uh, one example is, like in a, in a CRM world, like I am, uh, it would make sense to be listed for CRM software. But it's a very competitive, very expensive keyword. Uh, it's, um, it's not reasonable or even uh, uh, possible in SEO terms to, for us to be in the first uh, top three uh, of Google rankings. But uh, if you search for CRM software, you'll probably find us in whether where you click on the first page of Google. Uh, good way to be findable. Uh, and then as we were kind of, uh, as we were building out these channels and, and I mean, again, this, uh, this seems a lot kind of cleaner and simpler in, the, in hindsight. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error in the process. But uh, we, we were kind of lucky enough and I think smart enough to be able to find a couple of channels which really started working for us. And we quickly found out that we were running out of hands to, to man these machine guns. Or put another way, the machine guns got so complex that it's kind of uh, unique, uh, specific skills uh, to man them. So we, we started the general mobilization. For a while, every problem I had looked like a hiring problem. 
every opportunity that we had uh, looked like a hiring opportunity. Uh, so I shifted out my, I always thought of myself as a marketer, but I, I kind of put my marketing hat down and really put an HR hat on and really focused most of our time on hiring and, and, and onboarding. By the way, we're not burning books here. This is, <laughs> we're not burning voodoo dolls of competitors. This is a team event, which was like, at the, at, the, at the first hiring spurt, we were, we were a team event. We did the firewalking as a team building exercise, which, is a, which was interesting. Uh, nobody, nobody got burnt. Uh, and although I made and we made uh, lots of hiring mistakes, uh, we, were, we were lucky enough to, to kind of, we, we, gonna, we got the team growing quite rapidly. Uh, but instead of going faster, we started to go slower. People started to bump into each other. Uh, there was all sorts of things done twice and all sorts of things that were not being done. So I think once, once again, uh, again, a mindset was needed. So I, I kind of put off my hiring hat, HR hat, and put on a process design hat. Uh, and Feldy mentioned uh, yesterday that, uh, that they spent a lot of time on kind of retrospectives. I spent the last year probably tinkering our monthly marketing retrospective process, and the work is still ongoing. So it's this kind of last stage. I'm going to the last stage is about kind of designing systems, processes, and, and communication, how to kind of make sure that people don't bump into each other and have their swim lanes cut out for them. So this James Bond villain metaphor now. When, when the villain presses the button, some amount of troops and rockets go and conquer a country or a planet. James Bond villain has their people and processes figured out very well. And similarly, I think a well-functioning marketing team uh, can press a button if they want to press the metaphorical button when they want to launch a new product or conquer a new market, and some amount of resources just start taking that, launching that product the launching the market. Unless, of course, James Bond runs in and ruins everything. So we've gone full circle uh, in, my, in my kind of journey from hand-to-hand -hand combat, where we needed customer development skills and really making sure that we have product market fit, which is much more like sales than marketing. Then we had a brief stint of, uh, of marketing, uh, this kind of saleable web stage. Then in the, in the third stage, we were really kind of finding people and we just need to be very good at and finding and onboarding and also sometimes uh, firing people. Uh, and in the last stage, which never ends, it's, a, it's a tinkering with processes and systems uh, and trying to not kill the culture and the process. Which again, looks much easier in, in hindsight. The thing is, it's difficult to tell, tell when one stage ends and another one begins. No one shouts, hey guys, this stage is ended now, let's prepare for the next one. Uh, in, in military terms, there's, there's, even a, there's even a term for it, fog of war, when you're just in the battle and you don't feel where the enemies, where, where your own troops are. So in the fog of war, it's very easy to be in the wrong stage. And it's very costly to be in the wrong stage. Uh, the mistake I've made, I've seen other startups and companies do is, uh, is get to, uh, try to um, be in a stage too early. So it's not a very smart idea to start building a team before you even know what channels you need to manage. Or it's also tricky to, uh, to start looking for ch scalable channels if you don't really have a product or a product market fit. You can't really win a hand-to-hand -hand combat with a hand grenade. Nobody walks away from that, from that fight. Uh, and the mistake that I've made a couple of times uh, is, is being in a stage stuck for too long. So I, I 
too long to start uh, to really focus on hiring. I tried to command too many machine guns with my own two small hands. Uh, and I also, I think, started this process and systems design too late. But having gone through this uh, journey uh, once, I think it uh, helps, helped me identify these, uh, these signs of when does one stage start and end uh, better. And I hope that at least some of you uh, also uh, can now kind of tell these, tell these uh, or see these signs um, after this talk. Uh, any, uh, any questions and comments? What am I missing? If you've got 20 and 10 and 5 and 8 as your top ends of growth, where's the other growth coming from? Because that's not even half of it. I have a marketing thesis. You should only market products which don't need marketing. So the rest of the market, the rest of the growth is coming from organic growth, just word of mouth. People are recommending us. This last part is uh, referrals which are uh, trackable, which is a track referral program. So there's a, there's a big, like, uh, Pipeprep is, is, is lucky to have uh, most of its growth coming from the strong product and just strong word of mouth. So it doesn't really matter what marketing does, you'd get more than 50% of the growth without you being there. My job has, has been very easy. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned about uh, referrals uh, that you'd experimented with, uh, you know, why people did the referral, uh, whether it was for um, goodwill or, or having a trigger. Did you, did you try not offering anything at all and, and Saying whether that had a positive or negative effect, we haven't. Um, we haven't tried it. No, we have tried uh, adding incentives, but it might not be a bad idea to remove incentives altogether. Um, uh, intuitively, though, I would just think that some kind of referrals. That we we have a referral scheme where both the re uh, the recommender and the recommendee receive uh, some free pipe time. Uh, talking to other marketers, that seems to be the best uh, the best practice. But we haven't tested not having referrals at all. Um, hi, you, you talked about growing your team. Um, what did you find? What have you found the best way to find good marketeers? Because it seems to me there's a lot of bad marketeers out there. I'm still searching. Um, <laughs> I think the, the tricky, the, 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 mistake, the mistake I've made uh, at least once, uh, which cost us like a, a year of, uh, of one team's uh, ramp up time, is, is finding a good marketeer and not talking through the underlying expectations both ways of like, what do you expect this role to do? What business KPIs do you expect to influence? Um, so finding good people is relatively easy, but then finding good people who also have, a, have the same underlying fundamental beliefs of what this function can and cannot do is really important. So I think what, I've, what I'm doing now is, is almost sitting down and almost having like a painfully long discussion about uh, the, the, the very kind of, uh, deep expectations and, and uh, for a, for a for a function before I uh, uh, send out an offer. Okay, uh, out of those four pillars, the paid and referral are fairly easy to measure, but the content SEO and the growth, en growth engineering is pretty hard to measure exactly. You get 10 to 20% growth. So how do you do that? Um, I think it may be depends on the definition, but actually you can measure content and SEO very easily. Uh, uh, not very easy, but you can. Google doesn't tell you always what the search queries uh, are, which, which people use to land on your site. But you can use a Google uh, Web Console to get the queries, and there's some triangulation you can do to measure that very precisely. And growth engineering. Uh, this is this is everything. Everything we do there is trackable to to sign up. So 
the each of the initiatives we we are we keep in that bucket drives new traffic for us. If it drives new traffic, we can we can add tracking codes, and it's trackable. Uh, I do agree that some sometimes it's doing new features and uh, and seeing what what these do to growth that's difficult to assess, especially if you don't have like millions and millions of users. But everything we do in that in that team is uh, is measurable. Um, so in our growth in marketing, I would say we kind of did one, two, four, and we've skipped three uh, so far in terms of hiring people. So we're super far behind in hiring people. We're very much under-resourced, which sounds similar to what you guys did before. How did you prioritize which hires you needed to do first? We, we, we started, like I, like I was just the, the sole marketer in the beginning. So we started hiring based on the things which had started to work for us. So we really were experimental and, uh, and opportunistic in the sense of, hey, there seems to be more potential there. Uh, we literally didn't have funds to hire more people, so we just worked, uh, hired where we thought it's going to generate the most returns based on the early results. If you find that you've skipped a step, if you find that you have you know, missed stage three and you've just gone one, two, four, what would you recommend? Would you retrench or... This is now coming, I'm now speculating because I haven't skipped the step myself. Maybe it's even wiser to do four before you do three. Maybe the, maybe the smart people will do that. Uh, because then by the nature of three, then if you choose successful with three, you have to do number four. Whereas if you have to if you do four, well, maybe you don't need to hire that, as many people. So I think, you can, I think you can go both ways. I think it depends on like, how fast your growth is and how, how much resources and time you have. Regarding your, uh, I think it was the second column of the Greek uh, temple that was uh, paid advertising, what channels have you found worked well? Have you just tried AdWords? Have you also tried Facebook and Twitter and Captera and other things? Which one would you recommend for, based on your experience? So I would recommend uh, the whatever is comes up if you think about the hedgehog, like the, the high trip on the right, to findability. And um, so whatever keywords, that are uh, coming up for you, just look what, what sites come up if you search for your keywords. Some of these sites are paid sites, and they should just focus, start from these paid sites. Uh, Facebook rarely comes up. We, we use Facebook now, and it has driving some results. It's driving some results, but uh, but we're seeing the largest results coming from sites which actually come up for the keywords uh, which are relevant for, for us. So, like, but among them are definitely kind of search to so AdWords, some directories like Aptera, So. Uh, but these are different for different for different categories. Eighty percent of your budget, I think, goes unpaid, and uh, I, I know in our experience, we've found that um, we have much higher conversion rates from SEO or mm -hmm. organic content than paid, and so we've tried to, if we can, migrate our paid traffic onto onto SEO. Uh, doesn't go away, uh, and, it, and it seems a more effective budget spend. Have you had any experience with that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so. We, we see the same thing that the same keywords which work for SEO work for paid and, and vice versa. So if we had um, uh, a lot of time and no uh, no funding, we would try to also do the same. But I think if, since we are reasonably well funded, we can afford to be present in both places and just take no chances. And and then whatever, no matter where their customer clicks, then they will they're more likely to find us. Um, I feel like I heard a pipe drive advert on a podcast recently. Um, I wondered how that how you're getting on with that. If that's a good channel for you, podcast. What podcast actually uh, is a uh, not a dominant channel for us, um, and it's 
that this kind of this two uh, hedgehog model works very well uh, at the early stages. At the later stages, where you also start building a brand, things become more tricky and more you know, harder to measure. So podcasts are a twofold play for us. Some of them are purely for branding. Uh, we we can measure them when people um, click uh, select their choice when we ask in the sign up to where did you hear about us. Um, but but uh, this is a very indirect way of measuring podcasts. We also do some podcasts which are trackable, like you they advertise, like go to mixity.com slash pipe drive and then get your free offer. So we, we try kind of to triangulate uh, these two sources and, and we use different we use podcasts for both uh, short term lead gen and also just for the branding. Thanks for listening to the Business of Software podcast. For more information, go to businessofsoftware.org.